0: Hello, everyone. It's Amy and Emily, and we are so excited to be here today to talk to you about living longer. I'm going to let that sink in. We're going to talk about living longer. And this is a touchy one for me because I'm not a huge fan of this, like, spending your whole life trying to live longer. And I think that that's a really important caveat of our topic today. So when we say that we're telling you one thing you can do to live longer, you might be surprised because it's not Food and it 's not exercise and it 's not even sleep, and I think those are the things that people come to expect from like wellness professionals i'm using quotation marks that I know you can't see because you know audio um, but what we want to dive into today has nothing to do with any of those things, but it does have a strong impact on living longer, so I will stop teasing you with our topic and tell you that what Emily and I are here to talk to you about today is social interaction and relationships. Did you know that this is one of the key factors to determining how long we live? So much so that studies have shown that social relationships predict a 50% increased chance of a long, healthy life. So that's why we're talking all about healthy relationships this month. On our upcoming episodes, it's going to be mostly the love kind because we picked this theme based on Valentine's Day, which is not a holiday. I put a lot of credence in, but it helped us pick a theme. I should just tell you off the top. Um, but for today, Emily and I just wanted to spend a little bit of time giving some practical steps that you and we can take to build more social relationships of the marriage kind, of the friend kind, of the family kind. Of the community kind, all of these kinds can be impacted by these simple, but not easy steps that we're going to outline here today. I'll stop blabbing. Hey, Emily. (laughs) Hey,
1: I was going to say, great introduction. (laughs) So I'm, I'm really, um, I enjoyed this topic because it's definitely an Achilles heel of mine. I tend to be a hermit. You know, I like to be at home. I like my routine, and there are many years and times in my life where I really Devalued social interaction, or you know, would kind of be like, I don't feel like going out, or I don't want to do this. I'd rather exercise, or you know, you get stuck in sort of your I have to, have to, have to productive life, and so the connection, social interaction, and relationships only until I basically hit rock bottom of either loneliness or feeling disconnected from the world. Was I like, no, I need to like once a week carve out some sort of time where even if it's just chatting at the playground with another mom or a date with my husband or, oh, they're like there's a mom's night out or a friend I haven't seen in a while and I don't feel like going, but I know if I go, I'll feel so much better. It, it's something I'm weak at and I'm just now finally making time for it and seeing that it really does help with your longevity, like the quality of your life and you know, whenever I hear, you know, we were talking about like um, how it can be just as healthy to connect with an old friend or spend 30 minutes with them than to go to the gym. It just reminds me, like it's it's a whole body picture. It's your brain, it's your heart, it's your soul, it's everything. It can't just be running on a treadmill to stay healthy. You have to really have a connection with people and humans, and that I feel like we, I don't know if it's like Americans, but. Always looking for like scientific evidence as to why it's important to do X, Y, and Z. And all I can think is, why do we need someone to sit in the lab and research? Like it's important to spend time with other humans.
0: (laughs) (laughs) two, Two thoughts that I'm having about what you're saying here. One is, thank you so much for your vulnerability and sharing that, like, this is a weak point for you. It also is for me because. In the bits and pieces of time that I have where I'm not with my kids, I am often optimizing for getting work done, going to the gym, Mm -hmm. cooking food, Mm -hmm. or spending time with my husband. Now, I would argue that that fourth one is like you know an important piece of this puzzle, and the spending time with my kids is also an important piece. But the truth is, is that even with my kids, I often don't show up with my full attention and intention because I am also trying to get work done or on my phone or trying to make dinner or maybe even sneaking in a workout while I'm with them, right? And so I think it's awesome that we can come to the table today and say like, here are some tips that we have thought about because we were thinking about this topic, but that we could use and implement in our lives as well, which tells me that this is important for all of us. The second Mm piece. I so appreciate you calling out this idea that like, isn't it funny that we need research to tell us these things? Because that's where I was sort of hinting at in the intro. Like I kind of hate this science of longevity stuff and the focus on like, how do I live longer when I think that it's kind of like this weird modern day thing to think about living longer and then try to take actions in that direction. And I've mentioned this book before, Living in the Blue Zones, I think is the name of it. I'll link to it in the show notes at averryfullplate.com slash 45. But um, they researched the world's longest lived people and social interaction was one of these things. But the funny thing at the beginning of the book that I really appreciated is that he says like most of these longest lived people are not thinking about living longer. <laughs>
1: and so, right. They're not like driven by some like goal. They're living the way their ancestors lived or the way they've been taught and they make it a priority, but it's like not, it's a subconscious effort. Right. right?
0: Well, even more importantly, it's a natural part of their life because of the way their societies are set up. And that's like a big part of what that book says. And so Mm -hmm. I think this is the perfect place to kind of dive into like, what are some of the steps being that we are modern Americans living modern American lives, which I think brings a lot of really awesome things and some really strong perils with it. Like, what are some of the things that any of us can do to start deepening our social connections? And we put some tips together. These are Most definitely not exhaustive. And I will give the caveat that to Emily, to your point, I think these are just as much reminders for you and I as they are for you who is listening. So we're Mm -hmm. all in this together would be absolutely would be my caveat. So one that I thought of just off the top of my head, probably the most impactful one, and I've been all about lately um, low effort, high impact activities is just put down the phone. Number one put down the phone. Yep. I think that putting down our phones could have so many implications and I see it in my life when I make real effort to do this that you just naturally are mo- more socially connected when you are not one thinking that you're socially connected because you can access anyone in the world on the internet. And two, um that you are just paying more attention and having more natural conversations and like natural connection that we would have if we weren't constantly distracted.
1: Yeah, and um, I'm glad you brought that one up. Um, two things that I started doing and I really, even though it seems crazy that I had to do it, I, f- I find it so awesome because it's such a good reminder. Um, if I know that I don't either have work that night or nothing, you know, nothing's going on in my extended family, that's stressful. I shut my phone off as soon as I've finished my like, to-do list for the night and I leave it downstairs and I go to sleep. And, um, I figure my most important people are in this house. So, and that has been huge for me. And I know that there are some impacts even just from like having the phone near your head that I was like, I just don't know if I want to sleep next to it. But more importantly, it forces me to not get distracted and get like very important sleep or whatever. Also, I set like limits on my phone for social time. So certain days of the week, I only allow myself like five minutes or less on Facebook, and. I just started doing that and I'll be like, oh, why are all my things grayed out? I'm like, oh, I went on Facebook this morning and posted or whatever. And it just reminds me like you're, li- you're trying to purposely not dive into that world because you-, you are supposed to be playing with your kids. You're supposed to be doing this. Or you're supposed to take some time for yourself. And those have made a huge impact in my life. So I think that's a really great tip because it's easy. And I'm not even someone who's constantly on her phone, like watching YouTube, but I do get distracted by it. And I get like... I don't even know. I even found that I started getting anxiety from like reading things that I should or shouldn't be doing as a mom or other people's opinions about things. I get all riled up. I'm like, what a waste. <laughs> it's not like a reality. you know. So totally, I, think, I love that tip.
0: I think that like there is some real meat there to like the constant consumption of things and then what we like let into our mental orbit. And I'm not talking about being naive. I just think there's like a lot of junk on the internet and it's easy mm-hmm. to awesome where you're there. Um, and I love this tip around, Emily was specifically referring to the um, what is called on the iPhone. Oh, screen time. Yeah. You can, yeah, this, you can oh, go yeah. under settings. And I yeah. have much more liberal limits for myself, but I have found that just having limits at all. And then once you've reached your limit, things go gray and you can make exceptions. You can say like ignore for 15 minutes or yeah. ignore for today, but just that simple step of having to actually make a decision instead of just endlessly scrolling and being like, I was probably only on my phone for like an hour today um, mm-hmm. has also had an impact on me. Just when you're naturally around people and not on your phone, you have more connections. So I love that as kind of like the first thing any of us do to deepen our social connection right now today Mm -hmm. with your family, Mm -hmm. with your friends, with your community. Yeah. So another thought that I have was around getting really curious. So if you're feeling like I could really use some help in creating these deeper social connections, I am feeling lonely or alone or not heard. I have always loved the approach of like, you can control what you do, but you can't control what other people do. And mm-hmm. I think this is one of those where, like, what I mean by get really curious is just like asking questions, listening hard, um, which is different from what most of us do, which is like sort of listen and then start thinking of our question, but like really deeply listening and then getting curious about what someone is saying on a deeper level. And to me, this is kind of like the lost art of conversation.
1: Mm. I, I- Amen. So I, I think this is a really, this is something you can say and be like, oh yeah, yeah, I should do that. But I think it's a real, it could be a transformative thing if if we all were to really own it. Um, I even find myself because I don't know about you, I don't, I'm home most of the day, so I don't get a lot of, Interaction with adults. So, when I finally see someone, they're like, "How are you?" I'm like, "This is everything that's happening," and I'm venting and I'm talking about me, 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 just because I'm looking for someone to like say, "Like, how are you?" And I'm like, "Ah." Um, and then, like, if it's only a short stint of conversation, I find myself walking away, being like, "I didn't even ask them about their life," <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just because I just needed this moment of like venting and it was about me. And I'm like, wow, why didn't I even say like, well, how about you? How did your move go? And, and because I'm curious, I am curious, but my brain just didn't go there. Or there wasn't enough time. So it's something that I'm even thinking like, nobody needs to hear about my crap. Like, yeah, occasionally a friend might want to know, but I've been trying really hard to make an effort to just dive into what's going on with them because I am wondering, but I often don't have the wherewithal to ask the right questions in the five seconds I have between drop offs, you know? Yeah. And so I love that you brought this up because it's actually reminding me like, yeah, that is something that you've been working on because I do find more of a deeper connection when I get to hear about them than when I just yeah. get to vent about me, you know?
0: I, I think like what you're sharing though is so common, especially for those of those, those of us moms who are at home a lot, is that there is something to like as soon as there is another adult to just like commiserate with that they, uh, <laughs> the first thing. So one, I think, yes, like me too. yeah. Also, I think it can be really hard when kids are around and we'll get to this in the next round spending time connecting, but um, it can be really hard when kids are around to like have these deeper conversations. So while I am not great at doing this with like acquaintances or friends or people I come across, it is something I really try to do hard with my husband. So it's like at night we put away our phones and our computers. Again, this this is something we try to do. And we sit down and we have like real conversations. Like we ask each other questions and so much so that a friend of mine has remarked in the past, she's like, wow, you guys know a lot about each other's work life. And it's just been always something that we've done is like, I don't care if it's work or if it seems boring to you. Like, I really genuinely want to know this. And so I think that's something that all of us can take and maybe apply to another relationship if we're really good at it in one place. Like, how can we dig deeper with someone else? And it doesn't, to your point, have to be with everyone because life isn't really structured that way. But just being conscientious of trying to dig a little bit deeper than like, oh, I did this, this, and this, this week, and letting your conversations be a long laundry list of things going on can help to deepen these social connections that are so important to our lives.
1: Uh, Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think just being really aware of who who it is you want to be connecting with and setting aside that time, especially if you can pinpoint the people in your life that, lift you up and you can lift them up and they become your priority. Um, Because the more you can be around the people who are a positive energy in your life, the better your overall life is going to be.
0: Um, Yeah. I think that's such an important point. And actually tip number three, which is just create more time and space for social connection. And I know that this can feel like another thing on the list, but you said something that was so important to me, which is just like, I cannot have I can have connection with my kids around with other parents who understand that having kids around is loud and not a great time to have deep conversations and all of those things. Um, So I really appreciate those friends because it's like we're just in it together and we get to like at least be in the same space. But one of the things that I want to commit to more in my life is like making space to meet up with people that are not just my husband who's living in my house to like have more of these conversations and have more of this connection because it doesn't happen by accident, not in my life at least.
1: I Yeah, I agree with you. It needs, it needs to be like carved out in your calendar depending on your lifestyle or yeah. your work schedule or what have you. It needs to be like, this is the two hours and you have to both have agreed on it, whether it's a friend or your husband or wife or what have you. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you.
0: This is one Um, that came up in the Blue Zones book. Is like actually, this is part of the problem for most of us. Is that naturally we would have been part of societies and social groups where these interactions were naturally able to happen because we'd be having like five-hour village dinners. Yes, and then you would have these conversations, and everyone would watch each other's kids, and all of those things. And in the absence of that, I think you're exactly right. Is we do. Have to set time aside. And if I can share a totally nerdy thing, I'm putting this out to the universe so that I'll actually make it happen. You can check in with me. I moved to Seattle three years ago. Um, It's been a crazy three years with two little kids. And I'm just kind of like tired of using that as an excuse for not having more social connections outside of my family, especially here in person. And so one of the things that I recently did was I just put a post up in our community Facebook group. And I was like, are there any other food loving families who would be interested in a dinner club, which is something I have a few friends that do, because what I want is exactly that where like on a monthly basis, too many people like crowd into one space with common things. Like they live in the same place, they have kids and they like food being our commonalities and have a chance to just like connect in a way that most of us don't connect. So this is still something I need to prove out. I haven't gotten to the point of actually hosting anything yet, but maybe this is like inspiration or just like another perspective on ways that we, we can start building these structures into an otherwise unfriendly to this life um, that's just like a little bit different way of connecting where it doesn't have to be like, I will meet up with X person at X time and talk about X things. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Sorry. Yes, it does make a lot of sense. I, I even noticed that the generations, some of them more kind of with it people in the generations, like in their fifties or sixties, like they do more like dinner parties and they do these things. They make these like social events happen. Whereas yeah. I, I myself, I'm like, Oh man, that seems like a lot of effort, like, you know, but they see the value in it. They see the value in connection. And I'm like, good for them for record. Recognizing that. See, I would I don't know that I would I, you know, go through all that effort, but now that I see the value of community, connection, um it just makes more sense to me.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that part of the thing is like we also make it so complicated. Like, even as I think about hosting these dinner clubs, I'm like, oh man, but my house, like there's still stuff not done and it's never as clean as I want it to be, and all of these things. And that's part of why I was seeking other families because I feel like the bar is really different when you're like, we're just gonna converge with. 20 people, half of them being children. And we're going to try and eat some good food and have some good drinks and like, hopefully have some conversations we wouldn't otherwise have. So that's the idea. I'll let you know. Yeah.
1: And I love, yeah. Yeah. I want to know how it works out because I'm very curious. I really am. And I'm going to hold you accountable to that idea because I think that'd be a lot of fun and I wish I could be.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So um, the final tip that we have for you guys that we just wanted to dive into today is um, that if all of this feels really like outside of your comfort zone or maybe something you can't make time for, one of the other really impactful ways that you can increase your social connection is by finding ways to help and support others. So I thought this was really interesting as I was going through some of the research. It says that like even more so than having a wide circle of friends or having a lot of people we can talk to or having deep conversations, one of the biggest things that um, helps our longevity from the perspective of increasing social connection is actually helping others even more than receiving help from others. And so I actually kind of love that because it's something I can control, which is like recognizing where other people might need help and doing it. And this could be as simple. And I think this actually serves a lot of these social connection aspects. This could be as simple as starting to volunteer on a regular basis, whether that regular basis is weekly or monthly or yearly doesn't really matter. I think just like starting small and somewhere. And this is another intention I'm putting out to you and the universe is just like, I could do more of this. And this could be an easy way for me to increase my social connectedness and also my feeling that I'm having a positive impact on others. And I'm not doing it because it will increase longevity. But sometimes I like knowing that there's a, personal positive side effect that can go into it as well. So um, that's just another thought I wanted to share here.
1: You no, know, I agree with you. And you know, what's funny is I often say, you know, I've been saying for years, even just, we've been going to church or what have you, and um, our church is very service and community oriented. And once again, another part of my life that sometimes feels de- like undervalued and not just like, Oh, let me help people. But just first of all, there's connection there and community. And, and then for the most part you're there to support each other and support other causes and being part of this bigger thing is just such a significant part of being a human, the human experience. And once again, sometimes I'm like, I really want to go to the gym. I wish I was doing yoga, but that is just as important for my soul <laughs> and for others that are there to just be together. And, um, But then I remember, you even small things can support people. Supporting a friend, supporting your, you know, your spouse. It doesn't need to be these grandos like, you know, go to a foreign country and do this this, and that. Although that would be amazing, because sometimes I think I felt like I was pushing, putting that off. Like my kids are so little, it's I could barely keep up with my life, you know. But then I'm like, no, this is this needs to be a priority. It is a priority. It's about the human experience. It's so important for our kids to see too. So I it's another one of those things that I'm working really hard at now that
0: I feel like I'm sort of
1: <laughs> not drowning the way I was before. Yeah.
0: Um, I, I love that you brought up so. communities too though, because I think that can be like a natural structure that we overlook. And it's something that we've been trying to get into. And I don't, I don't even know what it looks like yet, but just a thought on my mind that like, if we're feeling like you don't know where to start, but faith is something that's part of your life. I think practicing with a community can be a great place to get started with increasing your social connection and having all of these other things like space to turn off your phone, dedicated mm-hmm. time, um, ways to help others that can contribute to like all these different aspects of being a more socially fulfilled human being. Totally. I love the way you just summed that up. I'm really excited because in The next couple of episodes, we're going to be exploring healthy relationships in more detail. Like I mentioned at the beginning, some of this will be related to um, like healthy marriage, probably mostly. First, we're going to be talking with um, Valerie Freelander, who is a coach, and she's going to be talking to us about um, just like how to foster a healthy marriage. And then we have someone coming on who's gonna to talk to us about sharing responsibilities in your marriage, which I think will be a hot topic for those of us who are feeling overwhelmed with all of the family and health related things that are on our plate and how we can better set up our lives to get some help. So that's what we have coming up in future episodes. I'm so excited to share them with you guys and really grateful for the opportunity to just dive a little bit more into this topic of social connection. Um, here today. So thanks so much for listening. Look forward to talking to you again in a couple of weeks. And thanks for being on, Emily. It's nice to connect. Absolutely. Anytime, Amy. Thank you. Take care. Take
1: care.